in the body of Christ. There are people who come to the house of God and they come for the wrong purpose. But how can they know what to do when they do not know his purpose? God declares in his words for everything there is a season and a time and a purpose for everything. And we frustrate ourselves and others when we are expecting one thing from somebody who does not possess the ability to give it unto us. And so we wonder why people treat us the way that they do. And it's because we don't understand the purpose and our purpose and other people's purpose in their lives. And it's difficult for us to comprehend that when we don't know the purpose of things. This is a cover for a cell phone. Even if I wanted to make a phone call with it, it couldn't help me because that's not its purpose. It was not created to make a phone call, but it was created for another purpose. So if I tried to make a phone call, I would frustrate me and probably destroy this, trying to get it to do something it was not created for. These devices, two cell phones. They're both activated. I can make a phone call on both of them. And if I have the number, I can call someone on the other end that would be able to pick up and answer the call. And so this phone in my right, I'm going to use the call of this phone in my left. Just to demonstrate that they both work according to their purpose. Now, while this is created not to make a call, but to enclose the phone for some security, so that it becomes a little bit more difficult to be destroyed. That is its purpose. However, though its purpose is to shield and protect a cell phone, if, if I take this phone and try to fit it in, it just won't work. Why? That's not quite its purpose. It's made for a specific kind of phone. And even if I force this in, it would make this phone inoperable to its optimum. Because a part of the function of this phone is to take pictures. And if I force this and try to get it there, it would not fit the camera lens, would not be able to see the object that I'm trying to take a picture of. And so though it is there to protect phones, it's not there to protect all phones. Now if I take this phone, I find then 
that there is a perfect match. And this one would allow this home to function to its optimum purpose. This cell cover is made for a home just like this. Purpose. Now in this bottle we have a solution. Now it looks kind of like this. They're both liquid. They're both clear. Now if I'm thirsty, I can have a drink of this. The object of this would satisfy my need. Because my need is to quench my thirst. However, if I take the solution, though it's clear, they look the same, they're both liquid, but if I consume this, 911 would probably need to be called. Why? Though they may look alike, they come to serve different purposes. Purpose. Purpose. Many people come even to the house of God and really don't have a sense of purpose. But God wants us to look in his word because God wants us to understand his plan. Because if we're going to live fulfilled life, if, we, if we're going to live a life that's full of the joy and, and full of all that God intends for us to encounter, then we first need to look at him. In, in fact, if I want to make a phone call, now, in order to make a phone call on these phones, all I have to do is plug in the numbers. Now, I know the number for that phone, so I can plug it in. See, you got numbers up there. Right? All I need is something to receive the numbers. And wait. How long do you think it would take for my phone to ring? How about never? <laughs> A very long time. Why? It's not its purpose. And how can I know what to use this for? unless I get the maker to explain to me the purpose and its function. Right. In fact, when I purchased this phone, the owner of it, when they transfer ownership to me, I receive a manual. And it's an instructional manual. Because you see, this thing can do some stuff that I don't know about. But in order for me to understand what I can do with this thing, I've got to go to the manual. Ah, it is indeed the same thing with God. And God, being the creator of all mankind, of all created things, also left a manual. In the manual of God this morning, we want to take a look at the book of Genesis, the second chapter. In that book, we 
hear the word of God. And in this book, in this manual that the Creator created, He had to give us instruction so we understand how and why we ought to exist. And so in the manual, God explains something. In fact, what you heard in your hearing this morning, that God had not caused anything to grow. Why? Because there was no one to till the ground. And because there was no one to till the ground, God did not allow the plant to grow. Our scripture then goes on to explain that God then went and he formed a thing. And it went God formed this thing, God breathed into the nostril of this thing, and this thing became a living soul. Now, if you look, right after God created humanity, when he created man, when man came alive, then we found out the very next verse, verse number 8, and the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Therefore, before you were created, there had to be a purpose. And in order to create you, there had to be a need for your existence. And when God was about to knit you in your mom's womb, when he was about to take off his holy robe and get down on the dirt and, and to form you, he had to implant some things in you because in you there had to be the capacity to fulfill the task before you. And so God then, when he looked at all of his creation, he looked and saw nothing that possessed the ability or the capacity to fulfill the task that he now needs to be accomplished. And so God looked within himself and found everything. And so God said, I need something or someone like me in human form to do that task. And so God then, he, he then formed man out of nothing. The Bible declares that, that God formed man out of the dust, not the dirt. Uh, ask the farmer, the, the, the dirt has some substance. In good dirt, in good soil, you can plant seed and will produce a crop. But in the dust, you cannot plant seed in all the dust of the earth. It will produce nothing because there is no life in the dust. Uh, so God then formed humanity out of nothing. But nothing couldn't fulfill the task that was before him. So God then had to release the essence of himself and blew into the nostril of this lifeless substance. And when the portion of God is now deposited in dust, dust became 
Now God says, now I can continue with my creative process. And then God planted a garden. And there, God placed man. What I want you to extrapolate from this text is to understand not merely the mind, but the heart of God. God is revealing in creation that he does not produce something without a purpose or a plan. Uh, you've got to understand. Notice then that God said that he had not caused anything to grow because there was no man. And there we understand that God was planting. And notice that the, the tree was not planted until man came because that would have put things back to uh, the, in the wrong order. So God first brought man because God in himself already knew the purpose of man. And then God brought man to and created a purpose that man shall now serve. Yes, Lord. Come on, Pastor. So God, in his infinite wisdom, God is not a man. He is God. He is God. He's not a man. He's not chaotic. He's a man. He's a God of order. He's not a man who, who's led by emotion. He's a man. He's a God who controls everything. He is God. And God always works with a plan. Yeah. <laughs> now how many of us can testify that you know some of the messes in our lives is because we act. We acted without a plan. And there were some things we saw and we thought that it looked good and, and we just said well you know what it doesn't seem like it's hurting him or her well why not? And then somehow, that person was able to do something and benefit from it, but I did the same thing and chaos occurred. What's going on? You do not know the plans that God had. And, and don't be jealous of what somebody else has got, because you don't understand that God gave it to them for another purpose, and your purpose is not the same as theirs. So what God gave them is not merely for them, it's according to purpose. You may look the same, you may sound the same, but the assignment is not the same. Purpose. 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 Even in the house of God. We have people come to the house of God and there is something wrong in the psyche of man. Because even those who profess to love him have got this thing backwards. It, it, it seems then, especially in the Western world, is that we believe that God is not really God. He is merely our servant. That it is his right to serve me. I make demands that he ought to answer. And if he doesn't answer, we want to know what's going on. We want to know what kind of a God this is. And we would abandon him because we say, that thing don't work. Well, if you want God to work for you, 
You've got to understand purpose. Yes, yes, purpose. And when we do not understand purpose, we frustrate ourselves. We frustrate ourselves. You know, I've been praying for this for the last 15 years, and I, and I still don't see it yet. Lord, I, I've been praying for some things for 20 years, and I still haven't seen it yet. Lord, Lord, I, 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 I don't want to give up. I don't want to act like I do not have faith. But should I stop asking? Uh, the Bible declares that you ask and do not receive because you act wrongly. It's because you're asking for your own self. You're asking because of your own self-interest and you're not acting according to his divine plan. And you wonder why he doesn't answer your prayer. Purpose. 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 We were created for him. Not him. For us. Right now. Amen. Turn your Bible. Book of Colossians. The first chapter. The 15th verse. My Bible reading coming from the English Standard Version of the text. He, he here is referring to Jesus the Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Yes, Lord. All things, it was created by or through him, and everything that was created was created for him. I'm amazed of how we have not really understood this essential component in our relationship with God. The reality is that even for believers, we have filled our lives with so many things that now God has to fit into our schedule. That, that, that God must fit into our plan. That God must fit into the way we want to do things. That God must find a way to accommodate our busy lives. I'm amazed. Now, I, I'm a student of people. I, I observe people. My grandfather always taught you need to observe, you have to look at them. Don't listen to them too much, but hear, but observe their action. I've known only one person in my Christian walk who makes their schedule to work according to their task 
at the church. That they shift their schedule to fit God's plan. Now, now granted, most of us do not have that privilege. But Brother CJ is the only man I know on earth who first wants to check out what's going on in God's house and then I can make my work schedule to fit what God is doing. I wish that would be the heart of the body of Christ. Sadly to say, it ain't so. It ain't so. In fact, we will say, well, I would if I could. I would do this if I didn't have all of this thing to do. I really would serve God more if I had more time. I really want to do more for God, but I've got to do this thing. I've got to do that thing. And, and there's something back there I haven't gotten to yet. How can I do what God wants to do, what you were created for him? Yeah. We want so much from God. And if we observe ourselves, we give so little to God. Something is wrong. Now how would it be if this cell phone, because you know these things can talk now, these are smartphones. They made them smart because they knew there were people like me who needed help. Now, this thing can talk. Matter of fact, these things know how to speak other languages. You can speak, and it will translate into French, and you can send a text like you knew what you were talking about. It was for people like me. Man, the first class I failed was French. Now, you know how it goes. I'm a young guy in middle school, and there was this little Haitian little girl. She was cute. And I figured I could impress her if I could speak her language. So I registered and signed up for French. I told you I wasn't that bright. They didn't have this thing. You see, if I had this, I could have passed French. And at the end of the year, I earned my 55. <laughs> I think my teacher had sympathy on me because I knew I earned a whole lot less. But she figured I was failing anyway. Don't need to destroy his feeling. How would it be then if this object, let us pretend for a moment that I am the creator of the object? How would it, how much sense would it be if my phone? Now start telling me its purpose. Now, now it, it's a smartphone, but it's not that smart. Because it doesn't know all that I have put in it. And if it is going to function to its optimum, it's going to require that I guide and instruct it. And if it is going to be able to do all that I have created it to do, it needs to follow my instruction. Doesn't it seem reasonable then and that the object of God's creation ought to turn to him and ask him purpose? But sadly, 
said, the reality is across the nation, I can't speak about across the world because I know um, Brother Tufu and some and um, Minister Sheen and those who are, you know, from different parts of the world understand that there are some folks who go to church and spend three to four hours in church and wouldn't have a problem. But there's no church in America. Not one. Because in fact, every pastor is trying to figure out how we condense the service. Because you see, everybody's lives are so busy and you see, God has to fit only into a certain segment of their lives. Amen. This is God. We say he is number one. We say he's the most important. But you try having a service for five hours at Calvary Temple or any church on planet in the USA and watch how many people walk out. <laughs> you see, I'm a pastor. I, I have the privilege of meeting with pastor and I can dare tell you that we are all looking, trying to make sure then that the service fit into a certain time. Why? Because people have made their lives so busy that God had pushed out of it. Once upon a time, even in these United States, nothing else went on on Sunday. Sunday was a day of the Lord. Sunday was a day that you go and you spend a day with God. Sunday was a day that you couldn't even buy liquor because the liquor store was closed down unless you could find somebody who made some moonshine, but you couldn't go in the store and get that was America's past. But America present is that even in the church, the people of the church value the things of God so little that the leadership of the church now has to condense the message and condense the worship because others will be offended and God is being squeezed out of the church and we wonder why America is the way it is. In this nation, in this nation, we find ourselves where everything goes Everything goes. What you do in the privacy of your home is your business. Well, it doesn't matter what God says in the manual. All that matters is you're grown. And you can do whatever you desire to do. That is the heart of America. And America is going to hell not because of the unsafe folks, but because the safe folks have lost their purpose for existence. And so even the safe folks are allowing God. If you can squeeze it out of your Sunday, for sure they can squeeze it out of their Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If God has to fit your agenda, then why should he have to fit their agenda? Remember, there are laws, 
The Bible declares that they are blind. They are blinded by the God of this world. And so they cannot even see or understand the things of God. And if they cannot see or know God, why should they care anything about God? That's why I'm not so concerned when I see sinners acting like sinners. My concern is when will the body of Christ act like the body of Christ? Notice that, that God was, is, and will always be the creator. And the creator created for a purpose. But we have lost his purpose. If I could be frank this morning, the reality is that we serve our own purpose, and not his. We serve ourselves. We have decided that we know best, and we're going to do what's best for us. And unlike the words of the scripture, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The reality in the Christian home in America is, as for me and my house, we're going to do what pleases us. Uh, I understand this is not a pleasant message, but it's the gospel. I understand it, it, it doesn't cause us to shout, but some messages are not intended for us to shout. Some messages are intended for us to go and introspect and check ourselves to see if we have narrowly deviated from the plans of God so that we can ask God to bring us back. This is one of those messages. And so when God created you, when he created me, he created us to do an assignment for him. And he gave us the assignment. But we don't like it. We don't like it. And, and that, matter of fact, you know, if, if you would do it, you know, like a little later, maybe I'll come and hang out with you. You know. So so we gotta pray. And we got to get here at 7 o'clock at night. You see, see, did that tonight. Now you know. This is a Saturday. Now you know we work all week. We tired. Mind you, they got up more early than 7 o'clock because they had to get to work. So they had to prepare themselves to get out the house. And there was no problem Monday through Friday. But Saturday, it's And so then, we can't come and pray on Saturday. But we want the glory of God on Sunday. We can't come and pray early because, you know, tomorrow's Monday. I'm going to start a whole new week again. I can't, you know, I, I, I need some rest. What's the problem? I checked the Bible. And the message that we taught on last week came from the book of Daniel. And we heard something about Daniel. Daniel said he purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart that on the 
inside of him, the essence of him, he came to a place to recognize that he had to live according to the instructions of God. And that was not merely an intellectual thought. It was the essence of his existence. I heard the same thing when I took the book of Daniel, uh, the, the book of Ezra, the seventh chapter, the tenth verse. It, it is there that we hear Ezra saying that when he, he, he finally found the word of God. The word of God had been absent from the children of Israel. In fact, they're now living in Babylon. They're, they're in exile. And nobody had a book. Nobody was reading the book when they had it. That's why God allowed the book to be taken away from them. And there Ezra found the book. He started reading the book. He found the manual. And he got delighted. And he said, my God, I, I will decide. I will purpose that I'm going to read this thing. But I just don't want to read it. I want to live this thing. I just don't want to read it and live it. I'm going to teach this thing. Purpose in his heart. But listen, his heart, Daniel's heart, finally connected with the purpose of God for their lives. That's why we can talk about Daniel and Ezra today. Because a life that is lived according to the purpose of God. Those names of those individuals, they'll be repeated even when we get to heaven. Amen. It's the reason why we talk about John the Baptist. It's the reason we talk about Abraham. It's not because none of them were perfect. It was because they found purpose. Amen. And when they found God's purpose, they were able to live a life of success and prosperity. Every time you hear somebody saying, I'm trying to find myself, it's and every time you hear them say it, I've never heard somebody say those words, even in the church, and they open up the manual to find themselves. They, they go into introspection, they're, they're looking within. But the only thing you can find within, the only way you can dissect and understand what's within you, you've got to find what's in him. Because the thing that made you alive wasn't the dust, it wasn't your flesh, it was his spirit. And these, Jesus says, these words are spirit. These are spirit. And as we go through the manual, something miraculous occurred. Not only do you find God, but you find yourself and your purpose. And so in the second chapter of Genesis, we find God labeling and giving some instructions or giving some indication of purpose. And what things were created for. You noted then that when God wanted to bring moisture to the ground or to the garden, he didn't go and look for some other liquid substance. God went to the river and used water. Because the purpose of the water is to water the seed. That as the water get to the seed, yes, 
The seed after a while will break and open up. And as the seed open up, it finds other things on the inside of the dirt. And inside the dirt, it now finds the thing that will satisfy itself and produce a harvest. Amen. So the purpose then of this river was to water the garden. Purpose. Purpose. Purpose then, according to the Hebrew, utilized several different words to translate into purpose. And sometimes we hear words in the English and, and it really doesn't make much sense or it's, it's difficult to understand it until you get back to the original language and understand the essence of the word. And so some word we hear called as purpose is really nothing more than desire. Is I, these are things that I desire, I would like. And some of the purposes, even in the Hebrew, it talks about human desire. But I'm not here this morning about human desire. In fact, I believe God wants us to shift from the desire of man to the desire of God. And when we find ourselves in relationships, one of the reasons why relationships don't really work is because the man is asking the woman to, to, to be something that she is not. The woman is expecting the man to be something he cannot. The reality is to make work for us to become whole and complete has zero to do with man, but everything to do with God. It is when we have this righteous relationship with God that we stop craving the attention of man. And when we find ourselves living on purpose and living according to his design for us, then we find that we are so excited. We find that we can make somebody else happy even without trying. Because when I'm happy, I want to share what I've got. We're going to spend a few weeks on this subject matter. But I just want to end in this Colossian piece. Christ. Christ Jesus. He is before all things. Amen. And in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he may be preeminent. Everything the scripture says, he made. In fact, there's another portion of scripture in the book of John where it said, Without him, nothing that was made would have been made because he made everything. Here, we hear that, that not only did he make everything, he made it with his purpose in mind. Now, I need to ask your question. Is there anybody alive in this chapel this morning? Living beings, just raise your hand if, if you're alive. If you're alive, if you're alive. 
Then that indicates to me that God must have created you. Because it says then that he created all things in heaven and on the earth. The visible and the invisible. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but I can see you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I just want you to know that you're visible. You're a part of his creation. You are part of his plan. And his plan is that you will serve him. Well, Pastor, you know I can't preach. Well, God doesn't need everybody to preach. That, that's like that's like my feet saying, well, you know, I'm not a hand. Now, what would happen if my feet left my body? My poor hand couldn't find a way to transport. Why? Because the feet got upset. Because the hand is, you know, a little higher than the feet. And the hand, the feet want to be in a higher position. And the feet want to be a hand. But the feet doesn't understand. That if all I have was for hand, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and I would still be, be searching for feet. Amen. Why? Because every limb has a purpose. If you're alive, and if, you, if you're alive and if you're saved, I want you to know something. You have a purpose. If you're alive and even if you're not saved, I want you to know that you have a purpose. And the purpose that God has in store for you, God formed you only after he had the purpose and a plan for your life. And God would love to give you the desires of your heart. He, he would love to give you the desires of your heart. But there's a problem. You're still living for you. Remember, you were created by him for him. Let me just ask the question. What are you doing for him? What are you doing for him? Well, Pastor, you know, I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do. I, I know why. I, I really do. Because, you see, I like this thing here. No, that's not right. I love this thing here. I know I do. I know I love with God. I love this thing. It is through this thing I hear the heart of God. I've gotten beyond his mind. Now I'm in his heart. I'm trying to get my heartbeat to synchronize with his heartbeat. That's why I love to stay here. Because in here, I get to hear the beating of the heart of God. And so I dwell in this thing. In here, the Bible explains 
Dog explains that it is as we come together and live together, we come to recognize the gifting. Because sometimes you cannot even know what God has placed in you until you are operating around other people who has the spirit of God and they can identify what you cannot see for yourself. And so if you if you don't know your purpose, one of the reasons is because you're not in fellowship. I, I don't mean just having a party that's hanging out with each other. I mean that you're not co-laboring with each other. You're not working according to the purpose and the plan of God. Because when you do, you're going to find out that some folks is going to identify some giftings in you. I did not know that I could teach the word of God until as I, te I was teaching the word of God out of necessity. I did not have a, a staff who was able to teach, and so I had to teach. And when I start teaching, then the student identified the gifting of teaching so that even other pastors would want to come to our Bible study because pastors recognize that there's a gifting for teaching. How would I know if I, unless I was participating and doing something, and then the Spirit of God would identify a gifting because I did not see it for myself. Church, I believe, I believe that these are indeed the last days. I believe that things are about to get worse and worse. I believe. I believe that God is waiting for the sons of God to recognize their purpose to God and for God, that God can open and, and quicken all the things that he has gifted us. It is not when you get saved that God drops some stuff in you. When he formed you, he deposited in you because he knew that at such a point in time, you would become resurrected and you would gain life. And then the gift they needed to be there to do the assignment. But I'm here to let you know we've got to stop looking in the mirror and allow this to become the mirror Amen. of our souls. Amen. A life that is lived outside of purpose is indeed a wasted existence. Until you find your purpose until you find his purpose for your life, I promise you, it's why something doesn't satisfy you. You, you know, athletes, you know, there's so many athletes who, who grew up poor and have nothing, had nothing. And all the desire was to get money because they thought that if I had money, then I could be happy. If, if I had the money to buy the home that I like, that I could buy the cars that I want, that would be happiness. Until they got the contract and they signed it, and they went and got the car, they went and got the homes, and they realized something is still missing because they are merely existing and they're not living on purpose. And so they turn to women, and they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, they turn to other things because they're what they're trying to find has nothing to do with the natural, but has everything to do with the spiritual. It has nothing to do with money can buy, but has everything to do with Christ Jesus. Because in Colossians it says that it's Christ Jesus that holds all things together. Yeah. 
feel like you lose your mind, grab a hold of this. It's the mind regulator. Ah, it regulates your mind. You feel like you don't know where you're going to turn. Grab this. It is indeed the compass of God. If you don't know what to do, I'm here to declare. Grab the word of God. If you don't know how to turn, when to turn, who to turn to, I'm here to let you know. Turn to the creator. It is you, it is he who created you for himself. I have, you can still find yourself depressed. With all the money that man can obtain, they still commit suicide. With all the women that some man can get, they still go empty. Because there's nothing outside of Jesus that can hold you together. Ah. Uh, he holds you. He holds you. Oh, I can tell you, he holds you. Oh, there have been times I want to quit, but he helped me. There were times that I had to cry, but he helped me. There were times I just wanted to give up, but he helped me. There were times that I said it didn't make no sense, but he helped me. He held me tight. He wiped away my tears. And he kept me in my right mind. I'm here to declare that Jesus the Christ is the only regulator. Jesus the Christ is the only one that can hold you together. Because you were made by him. And you were made for him. And in him you will live and breathe and have no existence. In Christ alone we stand. If you want your purpose, you've got to see Jesus. If you want to know your destiny, you've got to find Jesus. Because when you find Jesus, you find it all. Because the Bible declares that God allowed everything, the fullness of God, to dwell in Christ Jesus. What is it that you're looking for? Go find Jesus. Go find Jesus. He'll comfort you better than a friend. A lover, nobody loves like Jesus. A provider, none can provide like him. A healer, he is the healer divine. What is it that you need? Go to Jesus. He is the answer. Jesus alone. Christ alone. In him and him alone. You want purpose? Find Jesus. Jesus is. Jesus was. Jesus will always be the answer to all of his problems. It is in hell we find purpose in Christ alone. In Christ alone. No other man, no other woman. There is none like Jesus. Jesus, the Christ. It is in him I found purpose. And when I found purpose, I finally started to live. last one of you. You were created by him. Every last one of you. 
you were created for him. And God simply wants to know, when are you going to show up for your assignment? Yeah, your assignment awaits you. It's in fact there you find purpose. And when you find purpose, you find life. Life outside purpose is not worth living. It is not worth living. In fact, it's merely existing. But I came here to let you know that you were created by him for him. You were created for a purpose. Let's not exist anymore. Let us find purpose. And let us live according to the plans of God. And not only to our plan. Not only to our desire. Be like Jesus. Not like the Lord. Thy will be done. That's a life. Surrender for destiny and purpose. And know then that when he surrendered, life in front of him didn't become all easy. There was some struggle. But the struggle wasn't the end of the book. The struggle was a stepping stone to glory. The struggle was to make it better. And when you hold on to him, he holds on to you. And like the children of Israel, though you may go in the lion's den, though you may be placed in a permanency of wrath, there's arms around you. And he will hold it all in his hands. Let us choose. Let us choose to live a life of purpose. Because we were created. With God's purpose in mind. Amen? Praise the Lord.